Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace, grace and truth. Let's pray. Dear Holy Spirit, I am so grateful for your presence in our lives and in our virtual space this morning. We're about to open the word, your word, God, and we want to answer a question today. So as we get ready to open this word, I want to ask you to be with us and to bless us. And Lord, I know that I am a sinner and I do not deserve to be used by you uh, and that if it wasn't for your grace and for your mercy, Jesus, I would not even be able to be here. And perhaps none of us who are sitting around this virtual space in Zoom right now, none of us will be here. But I want to ask you to use me and to give me words that can be a blessing, not only for today, but for the week that we're about to face. Thank you for listening to my prayer. I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I just want to say thanks to Pastor Todd and to the pastors of this church for, for the opportunity to be able to speak to each and every one of you here today. And I want to say one thing. This is my first time in New York in the last two years, and I must admit that I love New York. Anytime that I get a chance to make it to New York, I am here because uh, this is a city that both uh, my family and I, we, we love. And I, I want to say one thing. I don't know. Uh, perhaps you know. I know that you realize that, that, that you live in one of the most beautiful and most important places uh, of anywhere in the world. Okay? New York, is the, you guys are it. Okay? And, and you happen to, to go to church and do ministry uh, right in one of the most influential areas anywhere in the world. Okay? So, but, so I want to tell you this thing. I want to tell you this thing. Some of the things that are awesome, the magnificent skyline, you know, as, as you're driving right before you get to, to the Lincoln Tunnel and you see the skyline of New York, there is nothing like that. You know, the, the World Trade Center and the, the Empire State Building and, and Central Park and, and the Brooklyn Bridge. And I know I'm going a little bit away, away, away from Manhattan right now, but the Brooklyn Bridge, all of those uh, landmarks. That, that, that make New York so famous and so well-known. Your, your sports teams. And I know we have to pray for some of the sports teams, you know, that, that are living on a good name right now. But, but you got the Yankees and, of course, you know, uh, the, the Mets. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I still love our, our I, I don't love the Mets, but I love the Mets fans, all right? And the Giants and the Jets. I know they play in New Jersey, but they are New York teams, all right? Uh, New York team, that's, that's what makes them famous. I love New York City and its surroundings. But I want to say one thing. And I want to make this clear to each and every one of you as we get going today. What's most beautiful about New York is not the skylines or the buildings or the stadiums, or the coastline, or the river, or the beautiful nature that you find all around the city. You want to know what's most beautiful about New York, and what God loves most about New York, and what I love most about New York. It's not any of those things that I just mentioned. What's most beautiful, what's most important, what's most relevant about New York is you. Ah, that's right, you. Uh, you and your family and your neighbors and your classmates and, and the people who live around you. That's what's most beautiful about New York and that's what God loves about, 
the most about New York. And I want to say one thing as I get going this morning. I want to I make this very, very clear to each and every one of you. It is not a coincidence that you happen to minister and to work and to go to school right in this place, in this beautiful city. It is not a coincidence. It is providential. God has placed you here because there are people here. There are individuals. There are families. There are millions of people all around this city and all around this New York metropolitan area that need you. And that is the reason why you're here. Because God wants to use you and me and, and everyone who is watching right now. God wants to use you to be a blessing to people all around you. So I just uh, wanted to make sure that you know that, that what's most beautiful about New York is you and the people around you and that God has placed you here to make a difference for him. Now, I want to go back a few years ago. I found myself at the little deck of the new Amsterdam cruise ship. I was there with my family and I was there with uh, about 100 young adults. Uh, we had taken our Christmas break and uh, we got on that cruise ship, but the purpose was not, was not only vacationing, we wanted to make a difference in all of the port of calls. So what we did uh, in every single port of call, and I think we had four or five throughout that week, we would get down uh, uh, to, to the ground and in the port, and we would go to an orphanage, we would go to a different place, and we had compassion projects that we did all across the Caribbean in each one of our stops. It was called, or it is called, Cruise with a Mission. And I remember I was at the little deck, you know, getting ready to eat with my family, and an older man, uh, he seemed very old, he approached me and he said, my name is Monroe. And I am 80 years old, and I am an atheist. I am, I am an agnostic. I, I do not believe in God. But when I see people like you and the people in your group, we were all wearing T-shirts, you know, that said the same thing. They said, cruise with a mission, and, and they had a, a beautiful compassion quote on the back. He said, when I see people like you, I wish that I was a Christian. So I told Monroe that, that, you know, that we had dedicated our Christmas break to doing compassion projects in every port of call. That, uh, and, and I mentioned to him a little bit about something that we were doing back then. It was called compassion. We're still doing that today uh, all over uh, North America. And, and I, I mentioned to him, we like to live a life like Jesus. And when I mentioned the name of Jesus, his eyes lit up. I'm talking to an atheist, someone who does not believe in God. And, but when I mentioned the name of Jesus, his eyes lit up. And he said, oh, Jesus. And, and, and he mentioned this to me. Jesus, I don't have a problem with Jesus. Ha! I don't have a problem with Jesus. But I do have a problem, he said this, with Christians who go to church on the weekend. And then they get out of church and they criticize and they mistreat others and they feel that they are better than others. I have a problem with, with Christians. I don't have a problem with, with Jesus. I have a problem with his followers. And you know, from that day, that phrase, I don't have a problem with Jesus. My problem is with his followers. From that day, as I walked away from Monroe, as I walked away from the conversation, the conversation has not been able to walk away from me. 
And I ask myself, how, how come that someone can like Jesus and don't like his followers? And, and I wonder, could it be that we, Christians, have forgotten who Jesus is? I wonder, I ask myself the question, could it be that in our desire to, to keep our religion pure and to, to keep our church clean, we have forgotten about Jesus? Could it be that in our obsession to emphasize the differences that, that makes us unique and, and not Jesus, that, that we could be making the fulfilling of our mission as a church more difficult? I have heard people say, I have heard some of people in our faith community, I have heard them say, after all, uh, all Christians talk about Jesus, but we're different, so we need to talk about other things. So as I get into my message today, I want to tell you that the topic, and I know you've been doing this series, the topic that I was given is top questions you ask. Google. And I looked up some of the top questions that you asked Google. Please uh, help me out here. Uh, if you can put in the chat some of the questions that you asked Google. Uh, help me out here. Let me see. Uh, Christina and Don and Christine and Keith and uh, let me see who else do I see here. Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. It's so good to see you. Uh, I know that you're probably in your pajamas right now, right there in Zoom, but hey, it's really good to see you, Rebecca. Let me see. I see uh, Carl, and I see James. Uh, all right, guys, help me out on that chat. You know, what are some of the top questions that you ask in Google? Help me out. All right. I look some of this up. All right. And you see, uh, the number one is, what is my IP? Uh, number two, what time is it? Let me, uh, how do I register to vote? That's important, you know. Register to vote. How do I tie a tie? I don't know that that was a thing anymore, you know. How do you tie a tie? Can you run it? Okay, what song is this? All right, these are some of the top questions asked in Google. How old is Donald Trump? Ah, mercy, all right. How old is Hillary Clinton? How to screenshot, screenshot on Mac? Uh, all right, how to lose weight fast? That's something that I need to ask. All right, very good. So how to make pancakes? That definitely doesn't go with the other one. So those are the, some of the top questions that we ask in Google. You know, I'm wondering, what are the questions that you ask on Google? Just put them on the chat for me. But the question that I have been given today is, who is Jesus? That's also a top question in Google. I want to say this. When you Google Jesus, and you can Google it right now, I know that that's one of the things that we preachers face today, that as we're saying things, you guys are fact-checking us right away so we cannot mess up. And if we mess up, you, you'll make sure to put it on that chat. So, so, you see, as I Googled Jesus, there was so much about Jesus. And today, I could tell you that Jesus, you know, I Googled this, I could tell you that Jesus is a historical figure and that virtually all scholars of antiquity and the contemporary scholars and historians, they all believe whether they believe in his teachings or not, they all believe that Jesus was a historical figure, that he walked this earth. So no one, hardly anyone, contests the fact that Jesus was a real person that walked this earth. So he's a historical figure, all right? Uh, I could tell you that, but I'm not going to tell you that. Ha, ah, that's not what I want to tell you today, all right? So today I could tell you 
that, that no dictator, uh, no king, no scientist, no educator, no military leader in the history of this world, world has been more influential than Jesus. I could tell you that, but, but I'm, not going, I'm not going to waste my time telling you that. All right, so let's move on from that uh, very quickly. Today I could tell you that, that Jesus is unparalleled. Uh, in his artistic influence. I know that I am in a place where art is very much appreciated. New York, a uh, place where arts are appreciated. You know, he has inspired, Jesus has inspired more pieces of great art, music, and books than anyone who ever existed. You know, I could tell you that today. I'm not going to tell you that. I could tell you that in the Library of Congress, you know, that's the, the biggest book repository anywhere in the world, uh, the name Jesus is catalogued more time than the name of any other person, but I, I'm not going to tell you that. That's, that's not what I want to tell you today. I could tell you about his humanitarian influence. You know, there are, he has no equals when it comes to that. There are more hospitals and orphanages and, and rest homes and nursing homes and rescue missions that, that, that have been dedicated to Jesus than to anyone else. But I could tell you that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to tell you that. I could also tell you this morning that, that although Jesus never founded a college, his teachings and his followers have contributed more than any other human being to the creations of schools. Ah, all the way from kindergarten to, to graduate school, uh, there are no other human beings that have contributed or that his followers has con have contrib contributed to the creations of schools more than Jesus. I could also, but I'm not, I'm not going to, to tell you that. I could also tell you that, that there is just uh, no explanation to justify how a simple man that, that was born in, in a town like Bethlehem and that grew up in a place like Nazareth where people say, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, someone who claimed to be the son of God, uh, most people would have regarded someone like that as a lunatic. Uh, question, when was the last time that you heard someone claim that he or she is the son or the daughter of God and that he or she is God and that he or she can raise people from the dead and you continue to follow them or to believe them. What would your reaction have been? Lunatic? Crazy? Deranged? There is no explanation how someone who lives so, such a simple life, a, a man who should have been forgotten years ago, would still be the most loved and respected person that ever lived 2,000 years after his death. I could tell you that, but I am not going to tell you that today. So by now you're asking, so if you're not going to tell us any of those things, what are you going to tell us? What's, what's the deal, Pastor Jose? What, what are you about to tell us? What are you, what are you going to tell us? I, I want to go to our Bibles. And I was given a passage. You know, so I'm trying to do everything that your pastor asked me to do today. He told me, I want you to preach from John 1. And I want to go to John 1, and I want to begin reading on verse 1, because I want to go to the Bible and tell you who Jesus is right from Scripture. So John 1, beginning on verse 1, it says there, In the beginning was the Word. 
listen up to you know that that phrase and especially that one word the word because this the word is someone very important that we're about to get into right now in the beginning was the word and the word was with God so whoever the word is was with God in the beginning and the word was God so this word is not only someone who's hanging out with God but 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 the word is God verse 2 he was God in the beginning and through him all things were made so not only was the word God but the word is also the creator and without him nothing that was made has been made so he's the one that created everything and in him verse 4 was life so he is life do you remember someone who claimed in the bible that he was the life ah i hope that we're getting somewhere here and the life was the light of all humankind who do you think we're talking about here who is the word now let me go to verse 14 because I think that the more that we go into this chapter, and I cannot read the entire chapter, but the more that we go into it, you by now you're kind of getting an idea who the Word is. And the Word became flesh. Who is the one that became flesh? Who is the one that was born amongst us of a woman? Who is the one that we celebrate every Christmas when we talk about the one, the baby that was born? The Word became flesh and made His dwelling, and He lived amongst us. He came to the neighborhood. He came to where we lived. He was not good enough being God, and He was not good enough being Creator, and He was not good enough being life, and He was not good enough being light. He wanted to live close to me. He wanted to live close to you. And he dwell amongst us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who is the son of God. Who came from the father full of grace and truth. Who is full of grace and truth. Ha! Ah, if we keep reading. We will realize, we will realize in John 1, 29, 9, that John the Baptist, as he's preaching, he directly, right there on John 1, he says, this word is Jesus. So who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator of all things. Jesus is life. He is the one that gives you life. He's the one that gives me life. He's not only life, but he is light. He's the one that lightens your life and lightens my life. But not only that, he's the one that came down to live close to you and close to me. He actually walked the streets and he met with people and he touched people. Jesus is the one who came down to be with us, with humanity. So why do I want to tell you about Jesus? If we keep reading in our Bibles, Matthew 9.36, he says that when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion. So what is it that I want to tell you about Jesus today? Listen up. This is what I want to tell you about Jesus. Jesus loves you. Ha! Pastor Todd, he loves you. Russell, right there on Zoom, you know this? Jesus loves you. Keith Collins, man, you know what? Jesus loves you. 
Help me. Jesus loves you. Ruth. Yes, that's right. You, Ruth. Jesus loves you. My, 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 you know, uh, Levi. Uh, Jesus loves you, buddy. You know, it's so good to see you behind those cameras helping your dad and the church out. That's awesome. Jesus loves you. And perhaps you could ask me this. Pastor Jose, do you mean to tell me that Jesus loves me with all of my shortcomings? Let, let me tell you one thing, everybody. Let me tell you one thing. I'm a pastor. Uh, I am... My, my, my job is, is to be the pastor's pastor in, in North America, okay? We have about 5,000 pastors, and, and part of my ministry is to minister to pastors, okay? And, and, and I've been a Christian for over 50 years, and I've been a pastor since 1992, 2022. Man, that's 30 years. Have mercy. You know, I remember when I used to be a young pastor years ago, right here in New York, you know? And I mess up every day. I want to be very vulnerable with you right now. I struggle. And that is the reason why it is good to have promises like the one that says that, that his mercies, the mercies of God, the mercies of Jesus are new every morning because I need his mercies every morning. So perhaps you're asking this morning, do you mean to tell me that with all of my shortcomings, my mistakes, I just got divorced and it was my fault? I am being unfaithful to my husband right now. Can he love me? I am addicted. I watch porn, pastor, and I, at times I have to, to, to go away from my, from my desk, you know, so I can watch for a little bit because I cannot just... Can you... Pastor, I am a part of a community that is disliked by Christians all over North America. I, I am part of the of LGBTQ plus community. Do you mean to tell me that, that God, that Jesus loves me even? You know what? He loves you. He loves you. Actually, I could say that, that he loves you like crazy. Yes, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, let me tell you. He loves you so much that he was willing to leave everything that he had so you could have hope, so I could have hope. And, and in the book of John, I'm going to go a little bit away from John 1 now, Pastor Todd, John 3.16, that is one of my favorite Bible verses. And every time that I read it, something warms up my heart. It says, therefore God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him. And now I want you to take whoever out and just put your name. Uh, you know, so I want to say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that, that when Jose believes in him, Jose will not perish but have eternal life. That is Jesus. And you know something? I want to say this because we are in, uh, preaching in an Adventist faith community and at times we can get things wrong. What sets Jesus aside, what made Jesus really special, was not his dress. Ah, and I know that here in Avon Hope, we don't have an issue with this. But what, 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 what set Jesus aside, what made him special, was not his dress. People did not follow Jesus because of the way he dressed. As a matter of fact, the Gospels, when you read the Gospels, it does not say much about Jesus and his dress. People did not follow Jesus. What, his, what set him apart, what made him unique, made him unique and special, was not the fact that, that was not his diet 
At times in our faith community, we see people uh, putting a lot of emphasis on diet, and it's good to be healthy. We Adventists, we're healthier. Let me tell you one, uh, this thing, you know, and I'm not bragging here. This is a good thing. It's a good fact about Adventists. We live 10 years longer than, than the rest of the population of North America. Do you know that? Ah, so it's good to be healthy. But what set Jesus apart, what made him special, was not his diet. As a matter of fact, you know, I know that some of you are vegetarians, but, but Jesus was not. Ha! Uh, you know, he, he was not. Uh, you know, I, I was talking about this not too long ago uh, somewhere, and, and I said that Jesus was not a vegetarian. And I said, you know, what do you think that he ate at Passover? You know, and right after he resurrected, he prepared some fish for, for his disciples. So, so he was not, you know, and I must tell you this, I am vegetarian. So don't get me wrong, and I'm not trying to say don't be a vegetarian, it's healthy. Uh, and, and I used to be vegan, I'm vegan most of the time with the exception of when I come to New York City because I love New York pizza, amen? Ah, I know that you guys know what I'm talking about but Jesus was not vegan, Jesus was not vegetarian and I was preaching about this and I mentioned this not too long ago and there was a guy that, that got uh, really bold and he said yes pastor, Jesus was not a vegetarian but he should have been and I said, all right, thank you so much. And then somebody else got, really, got, got even more emboldened on the other side. And the guy even stood up and said, Pastor, you know, the reason why Jesus was not a vegetarian is because he had no access to the inspired writings of Ellen G. White. And he started quoting our founder as Adventist, Ellen G. White. And he said, that's the reason why Jesus was not a vegetarian. And I said to him, my brother, thank you so much. Now sit down and shut up. Ah, at times we try to use the writings of our, of our uh, pioneers to manipulate other people into doing what we want them to do. Those writings were not created for that. Am I making myself clear today? What made Jesus special, what set him apart, was not his taste of music. I know that that doesn't happen here in Advent Hope, but across North America, as I walked around, walk around and go around North America, I see people arguing about music, Jesus and music. Uh, there is not much about Jesus and music. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. I only see one passage where Jesus and music are mentioned, and it is when Jesus is telling the parable of the prodigal son. And in that parable, he says that uh, the older son was outside the house and he heard music and dancing. Ha! Ah, music and dancing. And uh, he did not want to come in the house because there was music and dancing. And he asked the dad, what is all this? And the father said, your younger brother, the prodigal, has come back home. And that is the reason why there is music and dancing. And I want to make a little parenthesis here and say, may this church, the church of the Advent Hope, always be filled with music and dancing because prodigals and sons and daughters who were not here keep coming back. Can someone say amen? Ha! People did not love Jesus because of his dress and his diet and his music. What set Jesus apart was not even his perfection. And if there is someone who can claim perfection, it is Jesus. But, but Jesus, what set him apart, what made him different and unique was not his perfection. Question, when was the last time that you asked someone, that you told someone, I am better than you are, and they continue to like you? Ha! 
times we go around telling people that we're better than they are as a church. You know what? That's not our calling. That's not what made Jesus special. So now you would ask me, so Pastor Jose, what made Jesus special? What set him apart from everybody else? Why did people follow Jesus? Every time that Jesus showed up anywhere as he walked this earth, there was a crowd that wanted to hear him and that wanted to touch him and that wanted to be with him. So why did people love Jesus? It's very simple. People love Jesus because Jesus loved people. Can someone say amen? Ah, that's what made Jesus special. You want to know who is Jesus? Jesus is love. Jesus is love. So now, as I get ready to close, I would like to ask you another question. Why have people go to Google to ask, who is Jesus, when they have you? You get that question? Why do we have to have people go to Google and ask Google if you're here, if I'm here? Listen up. The question, who is Jesus, is best answered not by Google. And not by a preacher like me from the pulpit of a church. The question, who is Jesus, is best answered by you. Ah, do you get that? The question, who is Jesus, is best answered by you. As you walk the streets of this city, as you interact with your neighbors, with your co-workers, and with your classmates, as you love people in practical ways, as you love the guy whose body is filled with tattoos and, and piercing, uh, as you love the man who, who smells like he's been smoking, and, and the other day, just yesterday, as we got into our hotel, we smelled something. It was like someone had just been smoking, but one of my kids told me, Papa, that's a little sweeter than regular you know, so that's not just a regular cigarette. There is something else that whoever was here was smoking right now. And I said, really? Uh, you know, so, yeah, my, you know, they know about all of these things. You know, uh, the best answer to, the best way to answer uh, who is Jesus is when you love in practical ways the, the lady that has been trafficked and sold as a prostitute. The young man who is struggling with his sexuality and please do not look at me like that. Some of you are looking at me through Zoom. I can feel you. Even though you, I don't see your photo or your, your video there, but I can see some of you looking at me funny through, through Zoom. You know, don't look at me like that. All of us, at some point or another, have struggled with our sexuality in one way or another. So don't look at me like that. So we, we answer that question best. Who is Jesus when we love the young man, the young woman, Struggling with his sexuality, with her sexuality. Uh, when we love the young woman who is pregnant out of wedlock. When we love the anti-vaxxer who still thinks that Donald Trump won the election and that the election was stolen. Or, or when we love the, the socialist classmate who, who idolizes AOC and Bernie. You know, and I guess uh, you know, a lot of us just have to love Bernie even though we might not agree at times. And as you love people who are different than you, you answer the question, who is Jesus? That is the best way 
to answer that question. The best way to answer that question, who is Jesus, is to let them see him through you. Amen? So I close by asking this question. Will you be someone that will love people so they can see the answer to that question, who is Jesus? Or will you outsource that mission to Google. I want to ask right now, and please write it down in the chat, if you want to be one of those people, and if today you want to make that commitment, and you want to say, this is not a commitment you're making with me, or with Pastor Todd, Pastor Nick, Pastor Michelle, the, 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 the pastors of the church, this is a commitment, commitment that you're making with God. If you want to make that commitment and say, I'm not going to let Google do my job. I want people to get the answer to that question, who is Jesus, through me every day as I walk the streets and as I go to my job and as I go to school and as I drive in the city with some of the crazy drivers around. If you want to be one of those people who answers that question, and does not let Google take your job as a Christian, I want you to put on that chat, I will love people like Jesus. I will love people. I will love people. I will let people see Jesus through me. Put it on that chat, please. Put it on that chat. I want to see it on the chat right now. All right, so put it on that chat. I will love people because that's the best way for people to see Jesus. And now I want to close with one last question. Perhaps... You haven't accepted this Jesus yet. And you haven't made a commitment for this Jesus yet. And you haven't been baptized. And by the way, baptism is our public commitment. That's when we say in front of everybody, when we tell Jesus in front of everybody that we love him and that we accept him as Lord and Savior. Perhaps you've heard about this creator, and this God, and the one who is life and light, the one who made all things, but perhaps you haven't accepted him. Today I'm telling you, he loves you. He left everything he had in heaven to die, that you might have hope and that you might be safe. And perhaps you haven't accepted him yet, and you haven't become a part of this beautiful family, a family the church that lets people know who Jesus is with our love. And you want to do that today. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, and you haven't taken that, taken that step of publicly saying, I love Jesus and I accept him, and you would like to do that very soon, Pastor Todd, Pastor Nick, Pastor Michelle, pastoral team of this church, the elders of this church, and the members of the church who love to have you as part of the family. And they would love for you to make that decision today. And Jesus would love for you to make that decision today. So if you want to make that decision and be baptized in the near future, just put it on the chat. I would like to be baptized. You can also go to our website. 
to our Avon Hope website, and we have a connect card right there, and you can just put it right there. Let us know, because we would love for you to be able to begin or to continue that walk with Jesus very soon. And I close by saying this. Do not let Google do your job. As Christians, we are here that everyone can see the answer to that question in the way we live. Who is Jesus? Jesus is love. Amen.